In the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful. Hello, dear brothers and sisters. So what is Alatra? Who is actually Imam Mahdi? According to Muslim terminology and Muslim concepts, I would like to answer these questions. Nowadays, some Muslims have an erroneous opinion that Alatra is a sect, a pagan sect, because the very name Alatra contains two concepts, a lot which, in their understanding, I emphasize in the understanding of people who don't know Islam. So, in their understanding, a lot is an idol of a pagan deity, whereas Ra is the Egyptian god of the sun. So, let me go point by point. As for the sect, Alatra cannot be a sect, because Alatra is the essence of any teaching brought by the Prophets, peace be upon them. Whatever religion we take, its basis is Alatra, God's love, it's exactly Alatra. So, it is funny that while being in a sect themselves, pardon me for being straightforward, but I'll say it as it is, being zombified, sectarians themselves, some of my brothers permit themselves to label Alatra as a sect. Why am I saying this? Let me ground it. One of the main criteria defining a sect is that it's Adherents consider only themselves to be saved and righteous, regarding everyone else astray. Now, let's take those people who, aside from their branch, their madhab, or even denomination, I don't even mention religions, I'm just talking about Islamic branches in particular. So, these people, aside from their branches, recognize no other branch and, all the more, no other religion. They consider only themselves to be saved and following the righteous path. While this is one of the characteristics of a sect, whoever says that he is the only one to be saved while all others are dead is truly in the most deadly condition. Such people not only regard others as inferior, but they do not learn either. I mean, they have a certain number of scholars, ulemas, who are recognized. Again, who recognize them as authorities and why? Well, it's already a different question. But in fact, aside from the works of their scholars, they study nothing else thus violating, let's say, all the instructions and advices given by Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. How many hadiths are there with his recommendations for Muslims to acquire and comprehend knowledge? He said that every Muslim, be it a man or a woman, should acquire knowledge during their entire lifetime. And to acquire knowledge means to develop comprehensively, to study various sources, to be a literate, an educated person. 
Yet it doesn't mean to be in some sect. Let's call things by their names and regard all other people as stray. This is a broad and deep topic. Quite possibly, we will talk about it in one of our subsequent episodes. Now, let's return to Alatra. So the next point of accusation, so to say, is that Allah is a pagan idol which Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, was fighting against. This is also a big and important topic and we will expand on it in one of subsequent episodes. While here, I would like to briefly note that Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, outlined the significance of Allah in the Quran. To be precise, in the Quran, through his Messenger, Allah the Almighty, outline the entire importance of Allah and the Allah sisters. In Surah An-Najm it is said, Have you considered Allah, Al-Uzza and Manat, the third, the other one? Truly they are the honored angels, whose intercession you should or can set hopes upon. This ayat was brought by Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and already after his death, a Jew named Ibn Ishaq was the first one to write a sacrilegious thing in the story of the life of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. He wrote that this ayat is a satanic ayat and was whispered to Allah's Messenger, the seal of the Prophets, the last Prophet by Shaitan and all the other biographers of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, those who wrote about his life, started spreading this information further. However, I have a question. What kind of Muslims are we if a statement by some Ibn Ishaq, who was he as a matter of fact, if we take as the truth his words by which he defamed Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, and we believe in what this despicable liar wrote about the Prophet, whose righteousness and purity is repeatedly emphasized in the Quran by Allah the Almighty, and whose life was an example of true and devoted service to Allah the Almighty. Yet some Ibn Ishaq wrote this and everyone else accepted it as the truth without even trying to delve into it and understand where everything comes from. But I will repeat, it's a big topic and we will expand on it in a subsequent episode. Now, let's proceed to the Egyptian god Ra. Recently I received a message from one brother this is actually from where I got the information that there are people who look from such a perspective. He wrote to me, from the school program, I remember that there was an Egyptian god Ra, and now you tell us that this knowledge was brought by Imam Mahdi. I didn't answer anything to this statement and decided that it would be more appropriate to respond in this way. I mean in the video. As a matter of fact, it is certainly joyful that my brother still remembers the school program. 
but I would like to say that the school program is far from being a reflection of true history. I don't talk about entire history, of course, but even the fragment which is studied in schools is not a reflection of what was really taking place. By the way, on Alatra TV there is a wonderful video, a really interesting video Atlantis. I recommend it to all people who want to understand what is actually happening in the world, where all this comes from, let's say, to know the true history and so on. It will really help you a lot and reveal many things to you. So, in actual fact, the epithet Ra, the concept of Ra, is more ancient. And I emphasize that this word is intrinsic to all nations, as one of the epithets of God. And since my brother loves history so much, let me recommend him the following, given that he calls himself Muslim and wrote to me, how can you tell us Muslims about some Egyptian god Ra? So, my dear brother, if you call yourself Muslim, as a Muslim, you should know the Quran, while in 29 surahs of the Quran, out of 114, there are the so-called mukata. Once in one of the episodes we already expanded on the subject of what it actually is and why they were included. Let's say mukata are the words at the beginning of some chapters, some surahs. We don't repeat ourselves. Whoever is interested, just watch that episode, please. So, there are 29 mukata and six of them contain the word Ra. It turns out that the Egyptian god of the sun, in your opinion, my brother, this Egyptian god of the sun has somehow unnoticeably penetrated into the Quran, right? For he is mentioned at the beginning of six surahs. The next question, which was also recently asked to me by one brother, is who do I mean in videos by saying Imam Mahdi? Well, to be honest, everything was as if obvious and clear to me. That is, we use the epithet of Imam Mahdi, we show passages from videos with his participation, and for me everything was already clearly and understandably designated. However, as it turns out, not quite so. It turns out that some things should be set straight in order to make everything precise, clear and understandable. And I'm grateful to this brother of mine for asking this question, because it shows that it is quite possible that besides him, someone else may have the same question. So, in order to finally dot the I's in this question, I would like to say that speaking about Imam Mahdi in videos, I am speaking of the esteemed Igor Mikhailovich Danilov, that is the one who is expected to come under the epithet of Imam Mahdi in Islam, under the epithet 
of the Comforter in Christianity as Maitreya in Buddhism, as Moshiach in Judaism. He is already present in the world today, and his mundane name is Igor Mikhailovich Danilov. And following the answer to this question, I would like to proceed to the next one, because they are interconnected. The next question was recently received from a brother who expressed, to put it mildly, his dissatisfaction and disagreement with the interpretation of the Hadith about the advent of Imam Mahdi, which was given and which you can also watch on Alatra TV. So, this brother expressed his disagreement. How can we say that Imam Mahdi will come from heaven if even the prophets didn't come from heaven? All this goes on to the topic of who Imam Mahdi really is. Answering this question, I would like to mention, first of all, that our brother's statement, when he says that even the prophets didn't come from heaven, is already erroneous. It is not true. Let's take, for example, Prophet Isa salam. If we carefully study everything that is said about him in the Quran, we can see that he was sent from heaven. It is enough to look carefully at the names by which Isa salam, is named in the Quran, and we see that none of the prophets had such names as Isa salam. Moreover, if all the prophets were given names from their parents, the prophet Isa, peace be upon him, was given a name even before his birth, and the name was given to him by Allah the Almighty Himself. Again, there is an ayat about his immaculate conception. In Surah 21, ayat 91, it is said, and mention the one who guarded her chastity, Maryam, so we blew into her garment through our angel, Gabriel, and we made her and her son, Isa, a sign for the worlds. Or, for example, let's take Surah 22, Ayat 75, where it is precisely said, Allah chooses from the angels' messengers and from the people. Indeed, Allah is hearing and seeing. So, it is said here straight that, if necessary, He also chooses messengers from the angels. Therefore, answering this, brother, I would like to say that before claiming that this doesn't exist, that it is not so, it is just worth studying and verifying it. Perhaps it is exactly so. Now, regarding the question, how can we say that Imam Mahdi came from heaven? For those people who haven't guessed yet, as well as for people who have similar questions, like how can we call or say that Imam Mahdi will come from heaven? For all these people, I would like to say, for a Muslim, the most sacred, 
The most serious and the most significant oath is the oath on the Quran. When a Muslim swears by putting his hand on the Quran, so today, being a Muslim, I want to put my hand on the Quran. Here, we have the Quran. It is, by the way, exactly the Quran. Not a translation, not an interpretation of meanings. It's the Quran. I want to put my hand on the Quran, swear and testify. I swear by the name of Allah, I swear by the holy book of Allah, that Igor Mihailovich Danilov is Imam Mahdi. Imam Mahdi is an epithet, one of the epithets of Angel Jibreel. And today, Angel Jibreel himself is present in this world, in the human body of Igor Mihailovich Danilov. Many holy men said that Imam Mahdi would come during the end times and he would not be an ordinary person. Today, I will give evidence from some of them. But before proceeding to that, I would like to clarify a little again, to share my understanding that the Prophets, peace be upon them, were like teachers for humanity. Each of them came at a certain time and brought the knowledge. As for Imam Mahdi, let's say he is the one who gave this knowledge, or rather, through whom Allah the Almighty gave this knowledge to the Prophets. And today he has come as a judge in order to impose a sentence on how humanity has learned the lessons which the teachers, the Prophets brought. This is a figurative explanation for understanding. Well, again, the way I understand it. One of the functions of Imam Mahdi, besides the fact that he renews the knowledge and helps humanity, his another function is the function of a judge. This was also said by our Prophet, peace be upon him, in one of the hadiths, he said that Mahdi will dig out the Torah and other heavenly books from the cave, meaning he will remind of everything old and forgotten, the lost truth, and will judge among the people of the Torah according to the Torah, among the people of the Gospel according to the Gospel, among the people of the Quran according to the Quran. So it was indicated. It was also described in the works of Muhammad Bakir al-Majlisi. 
many Mohammedans will not know about his advent for a long time, that Holy Spirit will wear two garments, one inner and the other outer. He has a brotherly attitude to everyone, as if he would know everyone well. People will find him heavenly bliss personified. He will distribute spirituality to people in the morning and evening. How could this person in the 17th century know that it would be the Holy Spirit, that he would have two garments, the outer one, meaning the body, and the inner, meaning the one who is inside this body. Those who remember the beginning of the book Alatra, they understand very well what it is about and what words it begins with. Next, those who either personally know Igor Mihailovich or watch videos with his participation will confirm that he has a truly brotherly attitude to everyone, as if he really knows everyone. From my experience of talking to him, I can say that he knows the innermost and really has a brotherly attitude. You cannot call it otherwise. Indeed, like an older brother. Now, regarding bliss, or the point that he will distribute spirituality to people in the morning and evening, how could this person in the 17th century know that every morning at 7 o'clock GMT and every evening at 7 o'clock GMT there will be universal spiritual practice. So it goes every day. He will distribute spirituality to people in the morning and evening. Those who are familiar with this spiritual practice, the Allot spiritual practice that is held daily, they do understand what it is about those who feel what is happening at this time. Let's take another piece from the work by the same person. Divine Light will be manifested from Him. He will not bring new religion to people. All knowledge and essence of all religions will blossom in His heart like a new garden. He will be a friend and an advisor. He will show the straight path. O Muslims, know this, that he whose birth is hidden from you is your master. He is Mahdi. What can I add here? In my opinion, it's a strikingly accurate description of what we see nowadays and mainly of what we feel. After all, what we see doesn't always reflect what is actually there in reality. But when we begin to feel it, that's already a different thing. What you feel is true because it is living inside you. It's alive and it is real. 
while what you see is an illusion. I would also like to read out another interesting extract from the work of another person. By the way, the direct descendant of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, who lived in the 8th century. It is Imam Sadiq. Thus he wrote, Knowledge is contained in 27 letters, parts, and everything which all of the previous messengers brought was merely two of these letters. And until the day when Mahdi makes his advent, people will not be given knowledge except for these two letters. So when our Qaim makes his advent, he will bring with him the other 25 letters of knowledge and spread these among people and add these to the previous two letters, such that he will have imparted the 27 letters of knowledge to them. 8th century, dear brothers and sisters, from where could this man know? that the knowledge which is today given by Imam Mahdi, the Alatra knowledge, really contains 27 grains of truth. Pay attention to what is said, but not who is saying. As for the point that an angel cannot be in a human body, and so on. Well, if suddenly some of my brothers, quite possibly I might be mistaken, and God grant I would be. But still, if any of my brothers have such arguments and such reasoning in their heads that an angel cannot be in a human body, this is fiction, what are you talking about? So, for such people who consider themselves Muslims, I would like to remind them of the relevant Quranic ayat. For instance, Surah 6, Ayat 8 and 9. They say, why is not an angel sent down to him? If we did send down an angel, the matter would be settled at once and no respite would be granted to them. If we had made it an angel, we should have sent him as a man, and we should certainly have caused them confusion in a matter which they have already covered with confusion. These ayat refer to the moment when people started expressing their doubts and disbelief as to why an angel didn't descend to the Prophet so they could see a miracle with their own eyes. So here it is explained that if an angel came in his pure form, meaning in the form he lives in the spiritual world, it would signify the end of this material world. It is precisely said that the matter would be settled at once and no respite would be granted to people. So manifestation of a being from the spiritual world, in its pure form, would be destructive for matter. Therefore, it is further said that if we had made it an angel, 
we should have sent him as a man, meaning he would come in a body. A body is sort of a capsule where this angel is, so that his pure manifestation wouldn't destroy the material world. For this world, I will repeat, manifestation of pure light on Nur, as it is called in the Quran, is destructive, because this world is actually dunya, it's a dark world, it's a temporary, illusory, material world. Again, let's recall Surah 22, Ayat 75, which we mentioned earlier, and which says that Allah chooses messengers from angels and from people. Besides, a month or a couple of months ago, we got a message from a person who wrote, We have the Quran and the Hadith, so we don't need a Latra. In other words, these are our books, and that's all. Well, I would like to ask. The Quran and the Hadith are indeed very important, it's a spiritual heritage. But there is a simple question. Where have we come? Do the Quran and the Hadith, in the form they have reached us, provide a holistic understanding of who a human being really is and what he needs to do in this world in order to achieve the triumph of the truth from Allah over the evil from Iblis. Is there such an understanding? Many will surely exclaim now, yes, there is. But here's a simple question. If there is an understanding, then how is it manifested? In the fact that Islam is divided into more than 73 branches that tear each other apart and fight for power? In the fact that Muslims literally kill each other? Is this what it is manifested in? Where is it? And where does the Quran or the Hadith say that there won't be another book? Everywhere it is said that Prophet Muhammad is the last Prophet, peace be upon him, it is so. But nowhere we read that there won't be another book, quite the contrary. Imam Mahdi will do as did the Prophet, destroying that which was before, just as the Prophet destroyed the rituals of the period of ignorance. He will establish once again Islam. The Qa'im will bring a new order, a new book, a new legislation and a new tradition. The other religions also abandoned and disfigured will be equally re-established in their original truth and purity by Mahdi. Therefore, everything is actually clear. A person should just have, let's say, courage and humility to Allah, not in words, but rather true humility, which would be, first of all, manifested in non-expressing disagreement with the decision of Allah the Almighty. After all, what is happening in fact? Such people, seized with pridefulness, 
believe that their view, their understanding, which is again an imposed understanding of what form should Mahdi come in, where he should come from and what nationality he should be, such a view of theirs is what Allah the Almighty is supposed to fulfill. However, these people forget that Allah the Almighty owes nothing to anyone. Again, humility, true humility, means to accept Allah's will as it is. For Allah will not act as Iblis wants in the heads of some people. He acts as He deems necessary. For He is the only Lord and Sovereign of all worlds and all things in existence. Therefore, He acts as He pleases. And true Muslims do not express their protest, but accept Allah's will and thank Him for this mercy. Also, for understanding, or rather, to expand this understanding, let's just recall the words of the other Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, Isa, who said in chapter 14, verses 15 to 18, And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Comforter, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit, who leads into all truth. So Isa also talked about the Holy Spirit, and Prophet Muhammad talked about the Holy Spirit as well. That is why he gave him such epithets as the one guided by the truth and the one guiding to the truth, Fisabul Allah. That hadith, the correct interpretation of which we gave earlier, says exactly the same. Correct interpretation of the hadith about the advent of Imam Mahdi. Nowadays, most scholars interpret this text in the following way. Even if only one day remains for this world to exist, Allah will certainly prolong that day until He sends a man from my family whose name is compatible with my name, and his father's name is compatible with my father's name. He will fill the world that was previously filled with cruelty and oppression with truth and justice instead. Now the correct translation. Let's take the expression This expression is usually translated as a man from my family, although it actually means a man from among those living in my home. That is, a man from my home. Yet, what home does the Prophet live in? What home does he belong to? Right, the Prophet's home is heaven. He lives in heaven, meaning in the spiritual world, in the home of Allah the Almighty. Thus, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, wanted to say that Mahdi will come from heaven. Next, the line 
was translated as follows. His name is compatible with mine, and his father's name is compatible with my father's name. This line begins with the word Yuatua. One of its meanings is to be short, to be simple. Taking into account all the aforesaid, we have the following translation. His name is as simple as mine, and his father's name is as simple as my father's name. In this case, simple means an ordinary human name. So, based on everything said above, the correct interpretation of this hadith sounds as follows. Even if only one day remains for this world to exist, Allah will certainly prolong that day until He sends a man from among those living in my home, whose name is as simple as my name, and his father's name is as simple as my father's name. He will fill the world that was previously filled with cruelty and oppression with truth and justice instead. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, from now on we don't have to waste our time on tangled interpretations and search for the one who has long been addressing humanity.